0: I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. I hope that you're doing well. Thanks so much uh, for listening. I want to just remind you that this is a local show for Colorado Springs and Southern Colorado. Also, you can find us on podcast, Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere you enjoy streaming your podcasts. I'm Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Love living here in the city and pastoring. It's been a real joy to pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary. I was thinking today just how much I love living in Colorado Springs, and I know many of you feel the same way as well. On today's show, I really want to highlight understanding uh, the Bible. One of the things that I think Satan really attacks us is thinking that I can't understand the Bible or that I need a four-year degree or a seminary degree to understand the Bible. But the reality of it is, The Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and the Holy Spirit is our greatest teacher, and God wrote the Bible for it to be understood. So I want to start just by sharing some cool facts about the Bible, and then we'll get into really breaking down the message of the Bible, and really just getting familiar with how the Bible is laid out, and hopefully today's uh, broadcast will really help you in your endeavor to understand God's Word. I don't think there's anything greater... Than understanding God's word, Satan doesn't want us to understand the word because the truth will set us free. That's what Jesus said: "Is know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Well, the Bible, interestingly enough, was written over a fifteen hundred year period. So, most Bible scholars think that the Book of Job was the first book written. The Book of Job describes his life of suffering and how God redeemed that suffering in the end. And then the last book. That was written as the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ around 96 AD. The Bible was written in three languages, three different languages. Hebrew, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Most of the New Testament is written in Greek. And there's a few small sections that are in Aramaic. So three original uh, languages. This changed history. The Geneva Bible was the first to be printed on a printing press. The printing press and God's word being printed really changed culture, society. Maybe one of the biggest events in history, apart from the life of Jesus, his death, and uh, resurrection. Because you think about this prior to the printing press, copies of the scripture made by hand, scrolls, not much access to the word of God and the geneva printing press changed that and bibles being printed 1557 bibles being translated and printed you might find this a little bit fascinating i did the bible is the most stolen book you know the bible says thou shalt not steal but yet the bible is stolen from hotels hospitals bookstores and other uh, locations I think a lot of those Bibles are placed by the Gideons in hotels and hospitals, and I am sure they're blessed to see Bibles uh, be taken, but hopefully be read. Uh, The Bible is the best-selling book in the world. That's something that you won't hear in the media. It's the most sold and most read book. A lot of the best-selling books see up to 100 million copies sold but yet the Bible sees 20 million copies each year. So every year, 20 million copies of the Bible are sold. The longest book of the Bible is Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. The shortest book of the Bible is 3 John. It'll take you about a minute to read 3 John, the epistle. I love this. The Bible was written by people from diverse occupations, and backgrounds. So we see part of the Bible written by kings, written by royalty, like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes by King Solomon. But other parts of the Bible are written by farmers, fishermen, a tent maker. Paul, who was Saul, was a tent maker, a homeless prophet, a doctor. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and also uh, the book of Acts a professional scribe, vocational musicians, and a pastor. So God used a variety of different people to write the Bible. There's 40 different authors of the Bible. And this is what's so amazing to me about the Bible, is you have it written over a 1,500-year period with 40 different authors, all with various backgrounds that a lot of them didn't know each other, but yet one unified message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Absolutely amazing. How many songs or psalms do you think there are in the Bible? There's at least 185 songs in the Bible, primarily those being in the book of Psalms, but also in a few other places as well. Some of the first and second books were divided after they were written. In fact, three 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles. So, I guess two, sorry. So, originally that was one book, 1st Kings and 2nd Kings. We added 1st and 2nd Samuel. We divided into two books. And the reason for that... Well, let me back up here. I'm, I'm butchering this. Let me try to save this real quick here. Is there are three books. I was right the first time. That we've divided into first and seconds. First and second Kings, first and second Samuel, and first and second Chronicles. Originally those were one books, we divided them into two, so it'd be easier to find. This brings me to another point that chapter and verse has been added by the translators. It makes sense so that you can find a particular verse in the Bible. Imagine if there weren't chapter and verses trying to find different books. The Bible was written on three different continents, primarily modern-day Israel, which is Asia. Some parts of Jeremiah were written in Egypt, which is Africa, and several of the New Testament epistles were written in cities in Europe. So, The Bible is a fascinating, fascinating book, but the most important thing to know about Scripture is that it's inspired. God tells us that he inspired the, the word of God. And I really want to try to bring understanding in today's show of how to be able to understand the word of God. So please don't buy into that lie that you can't understand uh, God, God's word. Actually, this attack that the Bible can't be understood is an attack upon God's ability to communicate. Imagine saying to your spouse, I just can't understand you. I just can't understand you. I just can't understand you. Eventually, what you're being communicating is you're not good at communication. And for us to have this argument towards uh, God's word that I can't understand the Bible, I can't understand the Bible, I can't understand the Bible, ultimately we're saying that God's not a good communicator. So what we're going to do in today's show, right after we come back the break, is we're going to just talk through the Bible. What's the unfolding message of the Bible? Give you some familiarity to the different books of the Bible and how they all point to Jesus. God's message is Jesus Christ and him crucified. So we're really going to unpack that and look at that at great detail. So you want to stay with me. On Crosswalk Colorado Springs, we love focusing on local things that are taking place in our community, check out our podcast, and also sometimes uh, we've got interviews, otherwise we'll be taking questions, and so keep that in mind, you can prepare questions, you can text those in, or you can call those in. Today we're looking at the Bible and the importance of the Bible, studying it and reading it, that God has communicated it to us to be understood. Crosswalk Colorado Springs is Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6, so make sure to tune in. And you're listening to 100.7 The Word. Stay with me as you're driving down the road or you're home from work because you won't want to miss the second half of the break as we look at the Bible. Why is the Bible so important? How to know the truth? And the truth is going to set us free. Once again, you're listening to 100.7 The Word. Stay with me. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You won't want to miss it. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much uh, for joining me. If you're looking for a home church, we're located right in the central part of the city, Austin Bluffs and Academy. We'd love for you to come join us on a Saturday night at 6 and Sunday morning at 9 and 11. We're currently going through the Gospel of Luke chapter by chapter and verse by verse. Also, we have a campus out east in Ellicott. So if you live on the eastern part of the city, we would definitely welcome you there as well. Today, we're talking about something that I'm really passionate about, and that that is the Word of God. How powerful God's Word is, and hopefully trying to dispel this lie from the enemy that we can't understand the Word. The Word of God can be really intimidating for us as we're trying to unpack uh, the Word of God. So first I want to talk about the unfolding message of the Bible. What What's the big picture of the Bible. If you were to think about the Bible from a 30,000 foot view, what is God communicating? And the primary message of the Bible, this is God's testimony, it's his story, is Jesus Christ and him crucified. You could really sum it up in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's some that read the Bible, but they get the wrong message from the Bible. They can read the scriptures and walk away with a moralistic view, thinking that we can save ourselves by our own works. And it's really clear as we study the Bible that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we need a Savior. We're told that Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world, meaning that God had already determined to send his son before he created Adam and Eve. It wasn't a surprise to God that Adam and Eve were going to sin. So now let's break down the different sections of the Bible and see how it all points to Jesus Christ. The first section of the Bible is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Five books. It's referred to as the Pentateuch or the law, the books of Moses. And we know that Moses wrote these five books. Jesus often quoted from the books of the law. So Jesus gives Moses credit for being the author of these books. The book of Genesis is really, really important as you're studying the scriptures. Please start with those first few chapters of Genesis because... We learn about God. We also learn about ourselves. Most of the foundational truths in the Christian faith are founded just in those first few verses and chapters of Genesis, that God created the world, that in the beginning, God created the world, that he created Adam and Eve, male and female, in his image. We see the introduction of sin from Adam and Eve choosing to disobey God, but God promising Redemption, promising his son to come and defeat a Satan, the promise of the gospel, of the good news. So, so many foundational truths in Genesis. So, right away, in God's unfolding message of the Bible, we come to understand that it takes more than a perfect environment. There's a lot of people that would say, if I was just in a perfect environment, I wouldn't sin. I wouldn't do anything wrong. I'm really a, a product of my environment. And God knew that we would think this. God knew that we would say this. And so what did he do? He He created Adam and Eve in an absolute perfect environment. I mean, think about some of the things that they didn't have to deal with. They didn't have a sin nature. Eve never had to compare Adam to an old boyfriend. Adam never had to compare Eve to an old girlfriend. There was no in laws, (laughs) which would have made life a little bit more uh, simple uh, for them. There was no internet for them to deal with and those type of things. But yet, even in this perfect environment where God would come and talk with them in the cool of the day, they chose sin. And we do have this sin problem and this sin nature. And the Bible tells us now since Adam and Eve fell, that we're all born with a, a sinful nature. So how about just give us some laws? How about if there was just a, a set of laws for us to follow, why would God have to send his son when we could just be good if we knew what the standard was? So God also knew that this would be an argument that we would present. So he gave us the law in these first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, 613 laws to be a specific. And the New Testament tells us that the law is a schoolmaster to drive us to Christ. When I was in eighth grade, there was two homeroom teachers. There was Mr. Reed and Mr. Rail. And Mr. Reed was the fun teacher, the grace, if you would. And Mr. Rail, he was the law. And in Mr. Reed's room, he would do things like, hey, you can go ahead and take a piece of paper and shoot it into the g- trash can, but if you miss, you've got to clean my room. But Mr. Rail, he was, he was pretty strict. Well, everybody was drawn towards Mr. Reed because of Mr. Rail, and that's the way it is with the law. The law is our schoolmaster to drive us to Christ, even more specifically to show us our need Christ. Because when we look at the law, we quickly understand that we fall short. Also, God sees and judges our hearts. So when we think of murder, thou shall not murder, Jesus taught us, well, have you been angry in your heart? Or thou shall not commit adultery, Jesus goes to the heart, have you lusted after a woman in your heart? So the law pretty quickly shows us that I can't save myself. And that's hard for us to accept. A lot of us think, well, I can just be good, I can trust in my own works to save me. But Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says that we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And if it wasn't for the law, then we would have a hard time believing and receiving our need for grace. Our the law reveals sin to us. You know, how do you know that you're speeding? Well, you know that you're speeding because of the law, because here in Colorado on I-25, the speed limit's 75 miles an hour. So you know you're speeding if you're going over that. And the law is that righteous standard to show us our need for a Savior. So as we walk through the Bible, each section of the Bible, the message of the Bible is to show us our need uh, for Jesus. The Garden of Eden, perfect environment. That wasn't enough. Adam and Eve blew it, Adam bombed, we need a Savior, we need more than a perfect environment. So, okay, if it's not a perfect environment, how about rules? Then God gives us an extent of of rules where we fall short very quickly and we see our need for a Savior. So on today's show, we're just unpacking the Bible, hopefully dispelling this lie that I can't understand the Bible looking at the unfolding message of the Bible, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified, and how each section of the Bible points uh, to Jesus. We, we've looked at the Pentateuch, we looked at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You want to stay with me, because right after the break, we're going to be looking at the book of Joshua and the book of Judges, which I think is super applicable for our times and the day uh, that we live in because we're all trying to do what's right in our own eyes and it doesn't work it didn't work in judges it doesn't work in our day and time as well. Just want to remind you that Crosswalk is on Monday through Wednesdays from 5 to 6 so make sure to tune in and then also uh, you can find the podcast maybe you caught part of the program and then you had to go this show will turn into a podcast if you search Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. It should come up there. And please help spread the word about the show. Hope that you're blessed. My heart is that you would be blessed and that you would grow in Christ. I'm going to head to a break and be right back talking about how do we understand the Bible. So stay with me on 100.7, the word. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Hope that you're doing well. Maybe you're having that cup of coffee or a cup of tea driving down the road, hopefully not stuck in traffic or back home for The evening, it's a blessing to be on the air. Thankful for one hundred point seven, the teaching of God's word being spread here. God working in our lives as we listen to God's word uh, together. I'm talking about understanding the Bible on today's show. Have you ever felt like, man, the Bible's just beyond me? I can't understand it. It's too overwhelming. I I don't understand these different books of the Bible. There's sixty six books of the Bible. What's the unfolding message of, of the Bible? So today I just want to unpack the Bible and look at the different books in the Bible. What's their purpose? What's their point? How do they all point to Jesus? How is the, the Old Testament divided out? We looked at the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. We get to Joshua, the book of Joshua. God has taken the children of Israel out of Egypt. They found themselves slaves in Egypt, wandered through the wilderness. We see that chronicled for us in the law. Moses wasn't able to bring the children of Israel into the promised land because of his own disobedience. First generation out of bondage didn't believe God's promises. So God raises up a second Generation under Joshua's leadership to go into the promised land. And Joshua and Caleb were the only ones from that first generation that could come into the promised land. Joshua is a type of Jesus. Interestingly enough, after Jesus rose from the dead, he's walking with a few of the disciples on the road to Emmaus and he goes through the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, and he says, This is where it spoke of me. This is where it speaks of me. This is where it speaks of me. And that's a teaching I would love to have. So as we read the Old Testament, we're looking for Jesus. And so Joshua points to Jesus, foreshadows Jesus, because Jesus brings us into the promises of God. That brings us to judges. There's a generation that comes after their parents that came into the promised land, and the Bible says they didn't know the works of God. And that's where I found myself for my growing up years my my parents had God's working in their life but I yet didn't know God's working in my life and my life changed when I really experienced God's goodness uh, for myself but in the book of judges there was no king and it says repeatedly if you read the book of judges everyone did what was right in their own eyes and that's where I think we're living right now there's this idea and culture of hey We just need to pursue happiness. That's what freedom really is. That's cultural's definition of freedom. Everybody do what is right in their own eyes. And it doesn't go uh, very well at all. And we see this disaster in the book of Judges. In fact, the end of the book of Judges is extremely graphic. I won't mention it here on the air, but you can go back and and read it. And there's so much violence and, and departure from a relationship with God and fear and reverence of God. And that's what we see in our culture today. So how does this tie into the unfolding message of the Bible is because we need more than a perfect environment. We need more than a set of laws. We need more than just our own moral compass to do what's right in our own eyes. The book of Judges really shows us that we need a Savior. So then the next logical question would be, well, if we need leadership, how about God raising up kings? And that's what we find in 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. A big chunk of the Old Testament is God raises up leaders because Israel insisted on having a king. But as you read about the kings, most of them departed from their relationship with the Lord. There was a few kings that were faithful, but most of the kings were unfaithful before the Lord. So how does that fit into the unfolding message of the Bible? This 30,000-foot-foot view of the Bible is we need more than human leadership. Now, let me say this. it's important to try to choose godly leaders. We live in an amazing country where we have the ability and freedom to vote and choose our leaders. It's so very much important, but human leadership is not the answer to our sin. There's only one that provides answer for our sin, and that's Jesus Christ and him crucified. So this period in the Old Testament of Kings shows us that human leadership is not enough. So when you're trying to figure out how the Old Testament fits uh, together is a lot of the Bible is written during these times of the kings, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, and the prophets are divided up into two categories. And they're the major prophets and the minor prophets. And the reason they're called major and minor is not because one is more important than the other, but the major prophets are large books of the Bible. Isaiah, Jeremiah, who also wrote Lamentations, and Ezekiel. And they're speaking to different periods of the kings, sometimes leading up to Israel going into captivity. The northern kingdoms went into captivity in 722 BC. Then the two southern tribes went into captivity in 586 BC. And so these prophets are speaking God's word into that time period. So you've got the major prophets, but then you've got the minor prophets. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. That's a mouthful. But all of those prophets are writing during the times of the kings, either before captivity, during captivity, or after captivity. One fun way to study the Old Testament is with a chronological Bible. Uh, You can pick one of those up, order it, and you'll find that the prophets line up with uh, the kings. So that brings us to another division that we find in the Old Testament is Ezra and Nehemiah. And this is after their time of captivity when God brought them back into the promised land. They're coming back into the promised land The temple needed to be rebuilt. That's the book of Ezra. And then the walls of protection need to be built around the temple. That's the book of Nehemiah. But this whole period with the kings and the prophets show us that human leadership is not enough. These kings, these prophets, ultimately were not enough to save Israel from their sins. They needed a savior. And that points to Jesus Christ and him crucified. The biggest thing I'm hoping to help clarify and help you understand this afternoon is what's the message of the Bible? As we go through the Old Testament, it's pointing to Jesus. We need more than a perfect environment. The Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. We need more than rules. Rules were given to the children of Israel. They fell short. Okay, how about doing what's right in your own eyes? Well, that's the book of judges it failed miserably. All right, how about great leaders struggling to find good good leaders? In the kings and the chronicles ultimately it all points to our need for Jesus Christ so that when Jesus is born in Bethlehem there's been all of this leading up to it so that we would understand that we desperately need a savior. I'm passionate about the Bible, I'm passionate about you knowing that you can understand uh, the Bible. So stay with me. We're going to head to a break and we're going to come back and wrap things up and really look at how we can study the Bible, how we can understand the Bible, how this lie of the enemy can be dispelled that we can't read the Bible. If you're a believer, remember the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and the Holy Spirit is the absolute best teacher and he'll lead and guide you into truth. So you won't want to miss this. Stay with me. Come back with me after the break. Thanks so much for listening to 100.7 The Word. We'll be right back. Try my best, but just don't get it right. Where I talk a talk that I don't want. Can miss the moments right before my eyes. Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Good guy. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier taking you on a journey, a 30,000 foot view of the Bible, understanding of the Bible. Wrapped up the Old Testament, talking about the kings and the prophets, how those fit together. Brings us to Malachi. At the end of Malachi, there's actually 400 years of silence from God. God doesn't send a prophet, He doesn't give his word to a prophet for 400 years. That's why it's so significant in the Gospels with John the Baptist when God appears to Zacharias, the priest, as he's in the temple, promising that his wife, Elizabeth, will have a son. That ended that 400-year silence. The message given to John the Baptist, the message of repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, was God breaking the silence and preparing hearts for Jesus. So this brings us to the New Testament. The Old Testament is everything before the life of Jesus. The New Testament is the life of Jesus moving on to the time of the early church. The Gospels, you maybe have heard that before. What does that mean? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How does Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John fit into the unfolding message of the Bible? Well, It goes into detail about who Jesus is, his purpose, and his work, beginning with his birth, beginning with his genealogy, his birth in Bethlehem, a little bit about his earthly life, his public ministry starting at age 30. Why four accounts of the life of Jesus? Because the life of Jesus is so wonderful. If you think of a car accident and you've got four people that look at the same accident, they're all going to pull out different aspects of the things that they've seen. And that's true with the Gospels. We learn more about Jesus from these different perspectives of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're brand new to the Bible, I would encourage you to read the Gospel of Mark. It's 16 chapters. It's like quick YouTube videos of the life of Christ. You could sit down and read it, in a day or two, or even in an evening, and understand more about the person and the work of Jesus Christ. But the Gospels, man, they're great, they're powerful, they really show us the life of Christ. One of the things that I really love about the Gospels, surprisingly, is we have more of Jesus' interactions with people one-on-one than we do of his teachings. We have some larger sections of his teachings, but we really have interactions with the disciples one-on-one. And this shows Jesus' heart for people and to be personal in our lives. And Jesus never treated two people alike. He always treated people fairly, but he didn't treat them alike because he reached them with his love. So the Gospels really explain the life of Jesus. How about the book of Acts? What's the book of Acts all about? The book of Acts is the early church. It's the disciples filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not living this out in their own power. Zechariah four six says, "It's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit," says the Lord. So they're filled uh, with the spirit of God, walking in obedience to the Lord, seeing God do supernatural things. Again, well, the unfolding message of the Bible. How does this fit in? It points to Jesus and really shows us what it's like to be born again, to be the child of God, to walk in the newness of the Spirit. Love the book of Acts. Super powerful. Then we get into the epistles. And that's kind of a strange word. It's not a word that we use uh, every day. And the epistles start with Romans, where Paul writes a letter to the church of Rome. And a lot of these epistles are written to specific churches, and a lot of them are written by Paul. First, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and so on. But we have a few epistles that are written by other disciples, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John. Of course, Peter's written by the disciple Peter. 1st, 2nd, 3rd John is written by the disciple John. So how does this fit into the unfolding message of the Bible? Once again, similar to the book of Acts, the epistles really remind us who Jesus is, and show us what it is to have our life in Christ. For instance, the book of Romans, Romans chapter 6, just one snapshot of this, really shows us that the power of sin has been broken in our lives, that we've been set free from the bondage of sin, that we're forgiven, but also that we have freedom from sin and we no longer have to be slaves to sin. Of all the epistles, my favorite epistle is Philippians, talking about the joy that we can have in the Lord apart from our circumstances. So the epistles really explain what it means to have a life in Christ. But there's one last book in the Bible. It is the book of Revelation. And it's not revelations. It's singular revelation because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times people are really scared of the the book of Revelation not too long ago, we went through the book of Revelation verse by verse. Those teachings are posted on our website if you want to listen to them at rmcalvary.org. But I love the book of Revelation because it really gives us a greater understanding of Jesus. The Bible, in this unfolding message of the Bible, is leading to an exclamation point, and that exclamation point is Jesus Christ returning. As believers, we absolutely know how things are going to end. We don't know when things are going to end, but we know how they're going to end. It's going to end with the return of Jesus Christ, where Christ is going to plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. The book of Zechariah tells us that. And he's going to rule and reign here on this earth for a thousand years. And then after that a thousand years, we see the enemy Satan is cast into the lake of fire and enter into then eternity, heaven with the Lord. Forever and forever. So, as we see our world continuing to be a greater and greater mess, take great hope Jesus is returning. We look forward to his return. So, hopefully, this has been helpful to give you the Bible a 30,000 foot view. Hopefully, it hasn't been too overwhelming for you. And I want to encourage you the Bible is God's love letter to you, and you can read and understand the Bible. And I'd encourage you, make it part of your daily life uh, to read the scriptures, find a reading plan, try to read through the Bible, you know, start in the gospels, read through the New Testament and then start reading uh, the Old Testament. You can pick a, a reading plan that will help you stay on track if you'd like. But here's the thing is don't try to do it in your own strength. First is ask God for a hunger for his word. Say, Lord, would, would you give me a desire for your word? even as a newborn babe craves milk, that I would crave uh, your word. And God, right now, would you stir up in me a desire for uh, your word? And then also ask God for the ability to understand the word. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And sometimes we can overly uh, rely upon our pastors and teachers and authors, and we're thankful for them, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So ask the Holy Spirit for help. And then to also ask for God's strength to be able to live it out. We don't simply want to be a hearer of the word, but to be a doer of the word. The Bible says if we're a hearer of the word only, it's like looking in a mirror and then walking away from that mirror and forgetting what we, we look like. So asking God for the strength and the power to be able to apply uh, the word of God. We need God's truth. Every generation has needed God's truth but maybe even more so than any other generation, we need the truth of God. You're being lied to all over the place. How are you going to sort out those lies? Are you tired of living by the lies? It's the scripture. Satan doesn't want you to know the word, but God wants you to know his word. It's his love letter to you. It's written personally to you. So may God bless you as you pick up your Bible, as you read it. If you don't own a Bible, I'd encourage you to, to order one. There's something awesome about having a printed Bible in hand and not just relying upon a Bible apps. Underline it, mark it up, allow God to speak to you in a powerful way. Thanks so much for listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. Hope that you have a great night and remember that the Lord loves you and that he's with you. Until next time, goodbye. The breaks And treasures I never enough Then you came along